It's Mental Health Chat Monday, the new and improved version, honey. On this series, we sit down with a brand new guest every week to discuss their journey with mental health and mental wellness. Because on Mental Health Chat Monday, our motto is turning mental illness into mental wellness. I am your host, Dita Bionic. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, if you would like to know more about me, all of my links are down below, obviously, as always. But I am not the reason we are here. We are here to talk to this wonderful human sitting next to me, a very good friend of mine, former chef, uh, <laughs> former chef, uh, but still a really, really good cook. Uh, Phil is here today. Phil, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Oh, you know, I am just peachy keen. It was my off day. I went to the chiropractor today. Let me tell you, if y'all ain't never been to the chiropractor, go to the chiropractor because Dr. B get me right every time. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it. My, I'm sitting here thinking about how much my back hurts right now, actually. Look, I, before I went, my back was so tight and he just like, like I've been going for my leg when I fell down the stairs. Ah, okay. For those of you who don't know, I fell down the stairs at work. It's funny, whatever, laugh at me. But I really fucked my knee up real bad. And, like, he felt around and was like, oh, I think it's your lower back. And, like, snapped me. And I was like, oh, shit. I mean, to be fair, those stairs have gotten a lot of people. <laughs> Got yeah. me a few times. I'm surprised it took me that long. That was my first <laughs> time falling down those stairs. And I've been there six years. Yeah, I couldn't have made it that long. I mean, I didn't. I made it uh, probably about six weeks before I fell down on the first time. All right. <laughs> That's still good. That's still good. I'm clumsy as shit, so that actually is pretty impressive. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> so, introduce yourself to the people. Let everybody know how we know each other, what your life is about, a little bit of your backstory. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So I was, I, I met Darius at the uh, the Blue Duck. Quack, quack. I designed this shirt, by the way. Yeah, that's actually why I wore it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I met Darius working at the Blue Duck. I was, I started as the, as just a line cook and uh, fairly quickly went, went up front to the exec chef and uh, recently left that for, uh, be it, be it, it that's all folks <laughs> thanks so much for watching guys we'll see you next week <laughs> where was I? agriculture ah uh, yeah so I uh, recently moved into agriculture for uh, mental health reasons and uh, spend more time with my uh, with my wife and our pets which I, I don't know if you did you see that picture I sent you? Or, yes, or I did. I did see that <laughs> picture, and I I I opened it. I feel like we were in the middle of the rush or something. I opened it and I was like, "Oh, that's so funny!" And I was typing a reply and put my phone back in my pocket because the ticket <laughs> machine started going off. Yeah, that's fair. That happens. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, she. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's at Twyla. We've actually been fostering her with Tenth uh, Life, mm -hmm. and uh, Corey and I have decide well i have decided that she's not going anywhere <laughs> so that's what three animals now uh, that's three cats and you have two other cats already yeah and we also oh, yeah. have we also have a dog and our other dog just recently passed away back december 22nd oh shit 
So I'm sorry to hear that. That was uh, I, he he uh, he was 14 years old. He had a, he had a long life mm-hmm. for a farm dog from Kansas. He uh, saw a whole hell of a lot. <laughs> Uh, that dog saw more than most people do. He, he saw the beaches in South Carolina, the mountains in North Carolina. So you've had him. You had him his whole life. Oh basically. yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he. We we got him. He was. I I always wanted. I always wanted a pit bull. And, I love uh, pit bulls. He was. He was the runt. Mm-hmm. And they, they. The breeder just wanted him gone. Didn't really care how they got rid of him. So, we got him for seventy five bucks and. <laughs> He, uh, <laughs> we were driving home that day. He threw up in the back seat of the car, and I almost took him right back. Come <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, on, my $75 back. My, this, this was a bad idea. <laughs> my dad had a pit bull when I was growing up, and his name was Morton. I love that dog. Pit bulls are such sweet dogs. They, they really are. They really, really are. And I wish people would, like, shut the fuck up about them being killers or animal like beasts like they are very very especially when trained properly oh yeah of course if you make a dog vicious it's gonna be vicious but right. if you train a dog to be sweet and kind and loving it's gonna be sweet and kind and loving and morton was a very sweet puppy all right no oh, pit, pit bulls are great mm-hmm. they are uh, way better than kids yes they, yeah i'm not gonna make the joke that i was about to that <laughs> okay so moving forward uh i like to start these episodes with the the same question for everybody mental health check how is your mental health today how has 2023 it is february 2nd as of today yes how how has the year been treating you happy birthday happy birthday (laughs) um good yeah no everything's great i uh i was actually i I actually had my uh, therapy appointment on uh, Tuesday, and was I mentioned to him that I, I'm honestly, like, genuinely happy for the first time in a long, long time. I love so that. It's, it's been great so far. Yeah. Yeah. It's I. Uh, I'm just honestly having more time off, having uh, nights and weekends off to mm-hmm. spend with Corey has been just life-changing it's uh it's it seems silly to 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 realize how little to how little we actually saw each other yeah i with her working bank hours and me working restaurant hours yep our paths just never really crossed except for uh my sundays my days off yeah (laughs) i have a very similar like kind of issue not necessarily issue but like a very similar feeling about it my partner works mornings ronnie works you know monday to friday mornings um and restaurant hours so i usually am working at night thankfully now i've kind of like gotten a few guaranteed nights off to where i can be at home and like make dinner for us and hang out and watch the shows we want to watch and you know talk like actually catch up but it really does you really don't realize how much Having a partner, having somebody in your life and not seeing them, especially when you love them so much, affects your mental health. Oh, yeah. It's a it's a huge, I hate to say it, but downer. <laughs> yeah, it, it, but it is. It really is. I, it's, it, it's not not it's not exciting. Like it, it really it, a lot of times feels like just strangers passing in the hallway. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, 
like a, a, a lot of the times like a lot of times I'd get home so late like I don't even want to go get in bed I'm just gonna go sit on the couch and see what happens yeah and uh, just because I don't want to wake her up yeah <laughs> yeah I feel that and you know one of these days we'll all be able to actually have time with our partners <laughs> Um, so talk to me a little bit about, um, any mental illness diagnoses you've received over the years, if you're comfortable. Oh yeah. I, uh, so anxiety and, P- and, uh, PTSD, mm-hmm. um, anxiety, that didn't really, that didn't really bother me. That's kind of duh. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> and anyone who's ever seen me sit in a chair for three seconds can see I'm anxious as fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, no, PTSD, that, that one fucked with me. Yeah. It really did. Um, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a veteran. I was in the Air Force. My brother is also a veteran. He was in the Army. Um, so my brother also has PTSD. And I feel like that's a product of the military. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you, uh, you can't unsee some things, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, no, like that's that's kind of what fucked with me about it, though. It's like I uh, my my brother being in the army, he actually saw combat. He mm. saw shit that no one should ever have to see. And I don't know. In my head, I didn't. Yeah. Like I, uh, that's not. I, I, I went to war, but I went to war in the Air Force. <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about the difference between, I guess, you know, I guess the branches of the military are like how, I don't know how the military works really, to be completely honest. My dad was a Marine, but like, to me, there are words in the ether. I never had any desire to go to the to the military. So no, like, that's, that's fair. Um, no, so... The uh, so the army and the air force are are uh, they they were at one time uh, the air force was the army air corps mm-hmm. and uh, it branched off and became the air force the air force or the, I'm sorry the army rather is kind of the they're, they're kind of the aren't the ground forces mm. then you've got the air force that their name's kind of self explanatory yeah you know, flying a high in the sky mm-hmm. and then you've got the navy that they're they're the uh, boats mm-hmm. boats in the oceans. And the Marines are kind of the crazy assholes that go in before everybody else. <laughs> that checks out. <laughs> that checks out. Uh, that kind of oversimplifies shit. But <laughs> I mean, it makes sense to me. I'm sure everybody out there will, it will make sense to them who don't understand the military. Like, I, um, just all of the people that I know that have been to the military have, most of my experiences with, the Marines. I don't know that I know very many people who were in the other branches of the army, but I know a lot of my relatives, a lot of my family, uh, especially the men in my family went to the Marines. It was like kind of like a thing. Um, and there is such a, I guess, a, a, I mean, PTSD, a trauma that is just so ingrained in being in the military can you talk to me a little bit about how your time in the military informed any trauma that you might have or your ptsd um i mean there 
I mean, there are specific things that I'd rather not get into. Of course. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like I said, just overall, you kind of, you, you see shit that you really shouldn't have to. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I guess, I guess you feel, you, you see things that, uh, that just, you, you really, that nobody really should. In my case, I didn't really have to, I didn't really do anything that, mm-hmm. I, that, like, I don't have any kind of regrets that way. Uh-huh. Like, I, uh, I, I, uh, I, I know the over, the overarching, uh, impact of what I did but like at the end of the day I was a mechanic I didn't do anything yeah <laughs> like I, I mean I, I guess that's kind of how I keep a clear conscience about it <laughs> I can't imagine having to to I guess live with that especially if you've seen active duty I can't imagine having to live with what happens in war and it scares me it really like kind of terrifies me to think about having to live with that uh, I, I, I w- the only thing I can really say about that is a uh, dark sense of humor got gallows humor it, it's uh it's a wonderful thing uh-huh I, I uh I mean you've 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 heard most of my jokes <laughs> we relate on the dark sense of humor a lot yeah now, uh, ga- gallows humor is a wonderful thing. It really is. It's uh, it helps you. Uh, it, it really does help you uh, work through trauma, whether people like to admit it or not. <laughs> you know what they say: laughter is the best medicine, right? I truly, fully <laughs> believe that. So, um, you talk about PTSD, how and and anxiety. How how do those things affect the way you handle relationships, like work relationships, your relationship with your wife, your relationship with your family? Right, so I mean, the anxiety. So the anxiety is kind of at war with fucking ADHD, right? <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> so I have this. I, I have this thing where I I, I have I want to keep in touch with people, but I'm terrible about keeping in touch with people because out of sight out of mind my mm-hmm. family doesn't live here doesn't live near me they live 12 hours away mm-hmm. so like i don't see them all the time so like i just don't doesn't register that they're that they exist no object permanence right and then then i'll see them and i'm like oh yeah i miss you guys and <laughs> yeah. you exist and that's awesome <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that, but that's so funny. <laughs> oh, right. I do have a family. Sweet. I mean, that that's kind of how it is, though. <laughs> that's great. Uh, um, a bit beyond that, I, uh, I've, I've had experiences in the past where I, I tend to keep Work relationships at kind of at work mm-hmm. versus, uh, you know, I, I tend to, like I said, I, I just tend to keep my, my work at work and my home at home as We're, much as possible. Yeah. Which doesn't always work out. <laughs> but, I mean, I, as far as with my wife, that's actually something that, uh, Something we we've actually been able to bond over in a in a in a really 
fucked up way. We've we've been up we've been able to bond over our mental illness. <laughs> I mean I think I said this in it's either the last episode or the first episode. I, I, everybody's mentally ill at this point. <laughs> I mean really, yeah. It, like there's <laughs> nobody's getting away scot free. Yeah, so I mean, she so she was diagnosed a long time ago with bipolar with bipolar disorder, anxiety, and depression. And uh yeah. <laughs> Come boom. Like I, I've had, I, I've had the anxiety and shit for a while. I mm-hmm. mean, at least since I was a teenager, if I could uh, put could put my finger on it, you yeah, know? yep. But <laughs> that's definitely when mine started. I I can pinpoint the exact moment. My <laughs> I I know the exact moment. I can't tell you the date and time, but I know the exact moment it happened. So, oof. Yeah. No. It's. I mean, it does. It starts early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's, it, it's just it's almost little voices in your fucking head yeah <laughs> it is they like whisper at you they're like you ain't shit you ain't gonna never be shit yeah I'm like okay great cool so <laughs> 15 on pump 12 <laughs> like, no matter where you are they always are calling out to you um and ugh <laughs> uh, but yeah I mean as far like I said as far we, we've uh, that's honestly that's something I, 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 something I would say that I have it, I, I also have in common with a lot of my coworkers that I've that I really have bonded with mm-hmm. it's kind of been over mental health and I'm, I'm not going to say too, any names other than uh, obviously <laughs> but like, everybody's favorite depressed baddie <laughs> <laughs> but you know like it's kind of been what people that I have bonded with at work over the years that's more or less been the reason yeah. that it's happened like oh i see what they're going through like maybe i can fucking say something and yeah maybe help them or maybe just look like an asshole either way it's better than fucking not doing anything right and it's nice to <laughs> especially at work because and like you said we met working in a restaurant it, it restaurants are so stressful and oh yes there are so many triggers in restaurants especially for me not as much as it you as you know as it used to be, but like there are so many things in a restaurant that can just set you into a downward spiral really quickly. Oh yeah, and it's nice to have a tribe of people in 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 the queer community. We call it your chosen family, <laughs> but it's nice to have a tribe of people that you can go to and be like, "Hey, I'm having a shit day, and this is where I'm at." And like, I remember us having many conversations just. Like if one of us was having a bad day, be like, we can't joke that way. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Like, there's, you, you you need to, especially as a, especially as coworkers, you need to know your limits. Like, uh-huh. like I, we we both know I joke a certain way. I, uh, I'm kind of an asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things about you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, you, you got to know your limits. If somebody's if somebody's having a bad day, they're and and you're. And you're, uh, they're, they're having a bad anxiety day, and your, your little comments, you just the, the the little snide remarks that you make, joking back and forth to each other mm-hmm. that normally would like normally wouldn't bother somebody, might get you jacked in the fucking jaw. Yep. So, <laughs> yep. Like it's uh, it, it's good to especially no no uh, hey to know you can say hey, fuck off, dude. Yeah, <laughs> and not be offended. It it really is. 
That's one thing I like about the place that we worked. Outside of all the bullshit that happens in restaurants, because there's always <laughs> going to be bullshit, no matter where it is, there there is a familial energy to that particular restaurant. And, and I feel like we all were able to kind of talk to each other in a very particular way that I've not talked to very many other people <laughs> <laughs> that I've worked with in restaurants. I have a select few friends that I've collected over my restaurant years that I that I feel similarly to how I feel about my my Blue Duck family. Speak. We mentioned gallows humor. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think there's one person at Blue Duck that's not a fan of that. No, not a single one. Down to the children. (laughs) Down to the teenagers that bus tables. They all, every single one of them is just a little dark. They might not be diagnosed yet. We used to joke that, um, I think this might have even been before you started, but like we used to joke that you had to be a little bit mentally ill to work at the Blue Duck because it, or (laughs) not mentally ill, a little bit neurodivergent to work at the Blue Duck because if you weren't and you didn't get it, it just wasn't going to, it just. I mean, that tracks though. Yeah. I, uh, I can't imagine. I can't imagine that I'm the the easiest person to work for, and as just because of my the mm. way my brain works, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, how scatterbrained I can be at times because of the way my brain works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've seen that and in action. Mm-hmm. I, I can I can just imagine being an outsider coming into that like. If, if if I had the wall space, I would have been writing on the fucking walls. Like, <laughs> like fucking Rain Man and shit. Right. Don't forget to... I, I have to do the exact same thing for myself. If I bring something to the restaurant, or if I like come in early, eat, only eat half my food and leave it, I'm like cussing myself out in notes. I'm like, don't be a stupid bitch and leave your food. <laughs> you have food in the walk-in, you dumb whore. And I put it in my pocket. That way, when I go to clock out, I'm like, oh, I've got food in the Oh, I'm sure some of my passive-aggressive nuts are still hanging around there. Yes. Can confirm. Can confirm. It smells like one of my candles went out, but I don't think they do. Um, so, deviating from that a little bit, you talked about therapy kind of at the beginning of this episode. Tell me about how therapy has... How long you've been going to therapy? How it's impacted your journey to mental wellness? So, I, so I actually started therapy in twenty twenty, right before the uh, the pandemonium. Yeah, right before I started seeing my therapist. I want to say in January mm. of twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. So, like, literally right before everything went down. Yeah. Um. At first, it was kind of rough. It, uh, as anybody who started therapy can probably probably attest to, it stirred shit up, and uh, I, I I slid pretty pretty good, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I already I, I mean I'm not gonna sit here and say I developed a drinking problem in 2020. I absolutely I absolutely did not develop a drinking. <laughs> problem in 2020 i had a drinking problem probably the time i was 15 it just came to a head in 2020 (laughs) i feel like 2020 brought that out in a lot of people there was nothing else to do what else were you gonna do oh right yeah 
And, uh, but yeah, so I, it, it, it stirred shit up and uh, I, I started drinking more in addition to being on uh, antidepressants, which... It's not a good combination. Were different doctors. I should have uh, communicated better with my doctors on certain things. That's kind of on me. Mm -hmm. I also shouldn't have been drinking on those on those (laughs) on those pills. Yeah, but that's uh, number one on the list of things. uh, Like like I said, I was kind of a drunk. (laughs) It's fine. I can take my pills with this bottle of whiskey. It's good. Yeah, pretty much. Like. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I, like I said, ultimately it came to a head. I uh, had a really bad night, and uh, the next day I decided to quit drinking. Mm-hmm. And I'm going on three years now. Yes, in July. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean that said. It when it while it did stir shit up, I don't. It's the again the therapy is not to blame for any of it. That's one hundred percent on me. Like mm-hmm. that that was my behavior. That was me acting like an asshole. And then and then that's not AA shit. I didn't do that. <laughs> I uh, you know I'm not exactly religious. <laughs> Same here. So uh, I'm I'm just gonna put that to bed right now. <laughs> That's that's not AA shit. That's me shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I just. I, I. I. Overall, I think it's made a a, very, a, a huge difference. Yeah. I. Uh, it's. I hate to say that to say that such re- recent. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? A brain fart, sorry. <laughs> wow. I just got a new job. Recent developments. Developments? <laughs> I was going to say developments, but I wasn't sure if that's where you Holy were going. Holy shit, that was bad. <sighs> uh, I, I hate to say it, such recent developments are uh, great, but like, or empowered, but like, mm-hmm. I mean... No, they, 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 it did. It, it empowered me to make the moves that I did, com- uh, combined with other things as well, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, honestly, making the career moves that I did it made a huge, just huge, tremendous impact in my life. I uh, like. I always wanted to be a chef. Mm-hmm. And, and until I did it, and then uh, and, and realized that after that, you know, twenty years of this, I'm I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like that's that's kind of where it was. Like I just I just I just don't I just don't want to play anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get to cook the way I want to because. And I mean, I, I I did. It was it was my menu. Mm-hmm. I I did get to cook the way I wanted to, but I didn't get to. The difference is I I cook at home now. 
I, 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 I my, whatever is whatever happens to be fascinating me at that given time, mm-hmm. I can just go fucking run with it because I have the time to do that at home. Yeah. Like tonight when I get home, I'm gonna make fucking cannabis sugar. They're started. <laughs> and like that's not something you're gonna get to do in a traditional kitchen. Right. Yeah. Like that's. I mean, it's very illegal to do at work, first off, if, if you're not licensed for it, first yeah, off. Yeah, true, yes. <laughs> but in your own kitchen. But, yeah, like, I, I, I got my, I've got my med card, and uh doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, at all. I, um, how has, I kind of want to circle back to, to being a chef and, like, that realization you had when you were kind of over it how did that come about what am i trying to say let's put these words into a a sentence that actually makes sense darius Um. (laughs) at least you didn't have a brain fart over the word development you know (laughs) stand sit there like an idiot uh, uh, that's why we edit um how um how did you come to the realization that you were done being a chef? And how did that realization affect, um, I guess, not necessarily the trajectory of your life, because life is infinitely changing and you never really know what's going to happen next, but who you thought you were and who you want to be in the future? So I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say I'm done being a chef. Hmm, okay. I, uh, I'm done with restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, like... That, that actually the reason I'm starting to mess with cannabis sugar on my own time is uh, I'm working on uh, possibly starting a little uh, a little edible company in, mm-hmm. in the more distant future <laughs> but uh, I want to start playing with uh, with ideas now mm-hmm. <laughs> just because uh, I mean R&D is just fun honestly yeah it really is <laughs> I'm not a chef by any means, but I love to cook. Right. And I, like, a couple weeks, or on Christmas, actually, I made video tacos. Never did it before, but I love them. I love to eat them. So I'm like, let's try it out and see. <laughs> like, yeah, a lot of my best recipes, like my pesto alfredo recipe, you can ask Ronnie. It is the best pesto alfredo you'll ever have in your life. Just randomly, like, let's throw some stuff together and oh, see what man. happens. That's... Yeah honestly how the best cooking happens mm-hmm. like there's uh he, he, once you learn techniques it's 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 all just how you feel yeah like what what tastes good together and it, it it's 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 a wonderful thing yeah and that's also one of the wonderful things about not working in a restaurant anymore i can cook like that <laughs> yeah like I don't have to worry about writing the restaurant, the the restaurant down, the recipe, the recipe down yeah. as I as I cook, which makes things infinitely harder. <laughs> you try to go back and make it, and you're like, now how did I do this? Uh, yeah, then I look at the recipe, and I was like, that is not what I did because that does not taste the that does not taste the same. I wrote something down wrong somewhere. <laughs> I have made a grave error, <laughs> and I don't know how to fix it. Well, no, I can usually fix it. Same. No, same. <laughs> same. How did not wanting to be a, a chef in restaurants affect who you thought you were and who you want to be? 
that's the question we were talking about circling back around uh thank you mm-hmm. um so yeah i uh i don't know honestly at first i was i was worried about it i mostly just kind of i've like i said i've been doing this for 18 years mm-hmm. i've been cooking at cooking in restaurants i started when i was 16 left from when i was 18 till i was 22 and then immediately went right, right back. back it's and, hard to stay out man and then went to then went to school for it and <laughs> like you know like i uh i, I always i, I I've, I've just I've, I've always loved cooking and uh that's that hasn't changed mm-hmm. but like that the uh i i what, what just kind of what I, I guess kind of messed with my uh, I, sense of self a little bit was just like I, I, like I said I've, I've, that's literally what I've done for 18 years mm-hmm. like who am I without restaurants and uh, um, over a month later I can tell you I'm happy without restaurants <laughs> <laughs> that's who I am <laughs> yeah. it's that you know there I talk about this all the time there are restaurant people and then there are people who work in restaurants yeah people like us who are very good at it who can do it to a a point but it's not the forever thing and then you have restaurant people who are like i'm good at this this is what i want to do this is who i want to be and it's it's hard once you get into restaurants because i'm coming up on year 11 of being in the front of house it's somewhere in the middle you are like maybe i can do this forever like maybe this is maybe this is it all right Mm-mm. i've circled back around no it's not it <laughs> no like that's that's kind of where like that's kind of where i was that's why, why i went to culinary school mm-hmm. and then i kept doing it after that and i still i still loved it like honestly i i have to say excuse me i have to say um pandemic again kind of was the turning point for me mm-hmm. I, when, when I saw how quickly everything just went away everything I worked for for at that point 15 years like everything was just gone overnight mm-hmm. my job and the place I worked, they did pay us for a time, but mm-hmm. we were unemployed for a lot longer than that time. Yep. And then uh, when I finally can go back to work, the 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 food, the 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 cuisine that I'd been doing, it's you can't do that. Um, you, everything has to go into a box. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, you know, I, I guess at some point I just I, the the uh, industry is changing. A lot, a lot, and it's going to continue changing. And I just at this at this point the important the important thing for me has always been cooking, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't get to do. I, The restaurant industry as a whole is is resorting to 
short order cooks as uh, as as the norm, mm-hmm. and you, with that being the uh, prevalent, th- I mean, no must closing, like <laughs> all of the fi- all of the, all main, the like fine dining, fine dining yeah. places, they're all gone. Yeah, they're they're just they're gonna keep closing too. Yeah, I feel like a a big part of that also has to do with. <clears throat> no, it's the economy. There's it's the economy, but it's also the customer base. I feel like a lot of people granted there are people who still want like a traditional dining experience. <clears throat> Hello. Um <laughs> they want a traditional dining experience, but I I I feel more now than ever that people are like willing and ready to I don't want to ex- say accept something different, but try something different. And of course, we love our fine dining, but like you said, the, the economy, a lot of people cannot afford fine dining. Right. I know I can't afford fine dining. Right. But the the tradition of it is starting to wear away, I think. From the customer standpoint, as well as the industry standpoint. Well, I think a lot of it, honestly, has more to do even even deeper than that just with the industry itself yeah a, a big part of it is mcdonald's fast food that all restaurants have to compete with that mm-hmm. with those prices yeah and uh with because of that restaurant wages have stagnated since the 70s mm. the pandemic triggered a lot of people to leave and to go and uh, do something else industries that Mm -hmm. are uh, new and uh, exciting such as cannabis and solar power etc tech and all that stuff whatever whatever other jobs that they can get with skills that they acquired in hospitality mm-hmm. or, or be it be it through front of house or back of house mm-hmm. oh yeah like there's a lot of people i, I talked to my friends and <laughs> it was actually funny i uh one of my best friends joey i the day that i made the decision to leave the industry i uh i called him like joey i gotta talk to you like we, he's been my best friend for a long time. We worked together for a long time. He was, he was my boss for a long time. But and I was just like that. We we we. Uh, he was actually one of my investors when I did my pop up. Mm-hmm. Like I did a pop up in Charleston to go just to go visit him at one point. So yeah, yeah. I I call him and I was like, Joey, I gotta talk to you, dude. Um, I'm out. Like I'm leaving the industry. <laughs> he. Uh, Dude, no shit. I was literally dialing your number to tell you the same fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> and that is so true. So many people are leaving the industry because, like, we... I, I, I don't, you know, I don't say this to sound high and mighty or anything, but, like, without the restaurant industry, a lot of people would... Where would they be? Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about the people who work in the industry. I'm talking about the people who go to restaurants who... Right who want a dining experience where would you be without the people who have been doing this for years right and 
really it, it did show through the pandemic how inconsequential it felt like we became. Right. And <laughs> there are other ways to make money without it. doing the same thing without mm-hmm. ever setting foot in a restaurant. Yeah. Especially with all these new industries popping up, like mm-hmm. cannabis being legalized is going to create so many jobs for cooks yep. to go make edibles. Uh, not, not only to go make edibles, just to trim, to do whatever. Like yeah. it, and like it's, it, it, it creates more agriculture jobs. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to give a lot of people places to like all these new industries are going to give a lot of people that would typically work in restaurants something else to do yeah and i feel like a lot of us are looking for something else to do there like i said you have your people who are like this is what i want to do and this is it and i love it but there's a lot of us especially after the pandemic like you said that are like yeah 10 8 9 10 years in you're like okay yeah this is old yeah and like and like I said, there's still like if there's from the cooking perspective, if you if you are still interested in doing something with that, put on a pop up every now and then mm-hmm. in, in your own house, sell tickets. Yeah. <laughs> Line them up on the street. Set up a lemonade stand. You'll make way more money that way, and you'll be happier. <laughs> I believe that. So. Circling kind of back to the conversation on, on mental health, uh, you talked about medication earlier um, and mixing that with your... <laughs> now that you're not mixing, how has uh, being medicated affected your um, your kind of worldview? So, I'm actually... I uh, don't take... I, I got off the pills a, a while back. Yeah. Um, I did not like it. it uh, for me... It gave me a feeling of I just didn't give a fuck about anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like literally, just did not give a fuck about anything, and that was part of why I was drinking on it and mm-hmm. doing other drugs on it, trying to feel <laughs> something. Yeah, and uh, for me, it was just not a good thing. I I got off pretty quickly, mm-hmm. and uh, since switched to cannabis. I use uh, I, I use a uh, my my preferred strain is a uh, sativa, just something to keep me awake, mm-hmm. not put not put me to sleep, and uh, keep me from being so anxious. I know this from being around <laughs> friends who partake in the devil's lettuce. I do not partake, but I am a proponent. I absolutely one hundred percent feel like everybody should be able to smoke weed whenever they want to. Um, but I've learned that sativa like keeps you up and makes you it um, more awake and alert, and also helps with creativity. Mm-hmm. Typically, and indica is what's my what my friend say indica indica. indica. Yes, <laughs> yep, that's it. Yeah. So um, <laughs> when I was younger, and my brother and <clears throat> my siblings. <laughs> Started to partake in the devil's lettuce. I was much, much younger. I'm I'm the youngest of four. Um, my eye is being crazy right now. But I I don't ever remember hearing about different strains of marijuana and, and all that stuff. But it seems now more than ever incredibly important 
Hold on one second. <laughs> it's not you, it's me. It's not you, it's me. My body <laughs> hates me. My allergy pills wearing off. Um, what was I saying? I was talking about talking about strains. Oh yeah, so it seems like it seems like we're back. <laughs> um, it seems like now more than ever, the strain is incredibly important to people. How? I assume you have partaken in both sativa and indica, and you like sativa more. Yes. How did indica affect your mood? And I know it makes you sleepy and stuff, but like, how did it affect you? I so I. I I mean, I like both. I, I like both. Mm-hmm. I uh, I just I prefer a, a sativa during the day. I like I like a good indica to go to sleep. Honestly, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All my friends keep telling but, me that I should smoke weed to go to sleep because I do not sleep. Oh, it it, it really does help. And if, if you if you uh, are prone to nightmares, it really helps. <laughs> I'm not, but I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> uh, smoking before bed. If you if you do it enough, it'll keep you from dreaming, mm-hmm. <laughs> or at least remembering your dreams. I, I don't think it'll actually keep you from dreaming. See, I want to remember my dreams, but that's a whole other thing, and we can talk about that yeah, another time. I, I like to <laughs> I like to remember my dreams for various reasons, but yeah, yeah, that that can get real dark real quick. So. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Get real conspiracy theory up in here. Um. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, honestly, the, uh, the 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 reason that's kind of gained importance is just the just the legalization mm-hmm. like when when we were kids smoking weed in high school and shit it was we were getting brick weed from fucking mexico it wasn't you weren't getting the buds that you're getting at dispensaries and yeah. stuff like it was whatever shit you could get your hands on <laughs> yeah that makes i mean that and makes it tasted about like it too <laughs> it all stinks to me i hate the smell of it it <laughs> see now i'm glad i showered <laughs> I, it's one of those things where like i don't like the smell but it doesn't bother me like because again nearly everybody in my life does like That's i'm fair. i'm pretty sure of my very close personal friend group i only have one or two other friends that don't and yeah, that's that that seems about right yeah and especially being in the industry whenever people find out i don't smoke weed i don't smoke weed i don't do drugs i barely drink anymore everybody's like are you okay <laughs> and i'm like no i'm not but <laughs> see, i'm what, more okay because i don't have those things see what, what my wife always tells me is that she's she's kind of jealous that i quit drinking <laughs> Because she just never has, like she doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. She says everybody just thinks I'm weird because I don't like to drink. Yeah, I have Whereas a friend who doesn't you, drink. And she's like, you at least have the excuse that, oh, I'm I, I quit. Because you, you you don't want to know why. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, all she has to do, tell her all she has to do is be like, yeah, I stopped drinking a long time ago. Nobody has to know she doesn't like drinking. Just make I mean, up a story. That's fair, honestly. Yeah. Make up a story. <laughs> Nobody will ever know. No, I have a I have a very good friend. My friend Jazz doesn't drink, um, and never has. And some very similar, especially being he's one of my theater friends. Especially being in the theater industry, a big part of it is like going out and having drinks after shows and and all that. And people are always like, "You don't drink." <laughs> What's wrong with you? Why don't you? Nothing. I just like to enjoy my time and not be inebriated. I'm sorry. Um, I have a drink every now and then, but I, I, I don't know. I don't like it as much. It's not. Now that I'm 30, which is weird to say, 
Um, <laughs> but also really exciting to say. Now that I'm 30, even before I turned 30, I just am like not interested. Which, by the way, I don't think I actually saw you on your birthday. So happy birthday. Thank you. I, I did text you, I remember. But <laughs> you did, yes. And I responded to that one. <laughs> I was off, so I responded to that one. Um, <laughs> so... On Mental Health Chat Monday, like I said in the intro, our motto is turning mental illness into mental wellness. So what does mental wellness look like, sound like? What is your definition of mental wellness? I honestly don't know how to answer that. Hmm. I, uh... Like, I want to say just to be normal. But, uh, what the fuck is normal? Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say that. I was like, well, what is normal? Like, that's, that's kind of, like, I, mean, I guess that's, that's kind of the struggle with, men, with mental, with mental health though, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what is normal? Where, where, what should I feel? What should I feel? I, I genuinely don't know. I believe I said <laughs> last episode, accepting and acknowledging that you're going to kind of live with this thing all the time. This is my personal definition. Acknowledging and accepting that you're going to live with this this voice, this whatever in your head, you know, for the rest of your life. It doesn't go away. Even though it feels like it might be gone, it's not gone. Um, but keeping your foot on its neck and being like, I run this shit. That's my definition of mental mental wellness. Uh, and that's like where I am in life right now. I'm like, okay, I do have depression. I do have a little bit of anxiety. I understand these things. I've given it a name and shape. And while I have not conquered it, because that's something that I don't think any amount of medicine or anything will ever really, really achieve. But I do have full control over what it can do to me. All right. Well, hearing you say that, I would have to say, kind of piggyback on that a little bit, mm-hmm. but also not at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would have to say, just any day that I any any day that I keep my fucking nose out of a bottle is uh, is it, I, I'm. I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love to hear that. I And that's why I asked that question because the answer is going to be different for everybody. You know, nobody, nobody's, my mental wellness doesn't look the same as yours and yours doesn't look the same as anybody that I'm going to interview or anybody that I have interviewed. Right. And I think that's the, the beauty of life and the beauty of this series and what this is supposed to be is to kind of highlight, you know, yes, we are all, you know, kind of suffering and, and not suffering, but experiencing this very similar thing. And there's community in that. But it also, you know, we are all different and we all handle it differently. And maybe the way you handle it might help somebody who is handling it differently. So I, I appreciate you saying that. That's that's fair. No, I, I uh, uh, that's honestly that's something my uh, my grandpa said regarding addiction he was talking more specifically about cigarette addiction Mm -hmm. to be fair but it applies to honestly it just applies to pretty much all addiction yeah 
you never really take a you never really quit you take a break <laughs> some breaks are longer than other, than others mm-hmm. and uh, you, you gotta fight to take those breaks and I mean there's some truth to that yeah like you you, you do and it's that it goes the same for not not in any kind of mental in mental health mm-hmm. issue you, you you have to you have, you do you have to fight for it yeah you do and you have to fight for it every day whether it's going to the gym whether it's shit just getting out of bed some days is a fucking fight yeah <laughs> yes it really is i know like, and, and people don't people don't say that enough whatever your fight is that it, on any given day just fight that's enough mm-hmm. yeah yeah that oh i think that's gonna be the name of this episode <laughs> Ooh. um all right this is my my last question or whatever you want to call it um Leave us with a little piece of advice for I it's weird now that I've I've done a couple of these and I've kind of said that there's, you know, not people who aren't mentally ill, (laughs) but I I feel like there might be people out there who don't suffer, whatever. But leave us with a piece of advice for someone who is not um, mentally ill or not actively healing from some type of mental illness or trauma leave us with an advice on how they can be in our corner and how they can support us just listen shut the fuck up and listen yes (laughs) honestly (laughs) yeah you know everybody that i've interviewed has said the exact same thing that is the one thing that has been a kind of a through line listen No, it's like even me. I'm guilty of it too. Like I've I've come across. I've, I'm sure I've done it to you. Well, what's wrong? I just said I don't want to fucking talk about it. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like like even I'm guilty of of trying to push and not listening. Like mm-hmm. we we all we all we all need the reminder. Just shut up and listen. Yeah. <laughs> and even if that means you're not going to get more than I'm not okay. Like, listen to that hard stop. Right, Come back in a couple weeks. Right, like that's all you can do is listen. Mm-hmm. And uh, if if somebody wants to open up to you beyond that, they will. Beautiful, Phil. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. It's good um, to see you again. It's good to see you too. <laughs> I'm real. I exist. <laughs> um. <laughs> If you have anything you want to plug, any social media or, or in any upcoming anything like that, you can do that now. Or I mean, just keep watching D-Dare's videos. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you for that, genuinely. And thank you for being here. Thanks uh, for having me. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of Mental Health Chat Monday. We will see you next week with a brand new guest. Uh, I'm... See, I did my intro good, but my outro is going to be fucked up. <laughs> Thank you all so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Mental Health Chat Monday. Again, I am Dida Bionic. If you want to find any of my social media, you can hit the links down below. Everything is down there for you. I'm at Dida Bionic on literally everything. It's called branding. Look it up. Uh, I will see you all next week with a brand new guest. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.